Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, welcome back to the Neil World Order podcast. It's uh, it's been a few weeks. Uh, I don't think I've been I haven't been live since Brandon and I did Bourbon Sessions Volume Three. So, um, what do you guys want to talk about? I took the uh, last few weeks off to relax. Uh, we did some traveling. Uh, the nights doing the Bourbon Sessions sometimes it's tough doing the back to back podcasts. It's, it's, for lack of a better word, sometimes it's a lot of work. And then sometimes, um, obviously, during the bourbon sessions, which is usually always recorded first, there's a bit of drinking, so it can make for a messy podcast when I do two in the same night because, obviously, I'm still drinking um, while I'm doing this. And, uh, well, you know, I was like, you know what? I'm going to put it all into the bourbon sessions that week. And that's what we did. Uh, so if you haven't listened to Bourbon Sessions Volume 3, definitely check that out. Um, I think I like the response that we've been getting for the Bourbon Sessions. It's getting a lot of downloads. There's obviously going to be more. We are currently trying to get the next two dates figured out. So that'll give you Bourbon Sessions 4 and 5. I think over the period of time as it develops... You know, it, it, like I said, you know, it was just me and Brandon last time. Sometimes it'll be me, Brandon, Fryer, and Sean. You know, there may be other guests from time to time or just pretty much the goal is just for it not to be me sitting there drinking by myself and having a panel of us who are going to, you know, t- test some things. I mean, Brandon and I went down quite a list on Volume 3, and it, it was a great time. So, you know, be excited to get the, the whole gang back together to do uh, Volume 4. So last weekend, I went back home for a couple graduations. Baxter, Tennessee is where I call home. I love my hometown. I look forward to any trip we take down there. It had been, I want to say, maybe about two years, I think, since we were last there. I had two of my, they're actually my second cousins, but they feel more like a niece and nephew who uh, graduated high school and now they're ready to go out and conquer the world. I love these kids. Um, You know, I've had the pleasure of being a part of their lives over all the years. And it was awesome seeing them graduate, uh, hang out with them for a weekend. You know, uh, I had my brothers from another mother in town as well. So it's great when we all get together, eat, drink, swap stories, and honestly just really enjoy each other's company and, you know, often plan our next get-together before we get too sloppy. Uh, I had pieced out a day early uh, than everybody else. It was a quick trip. So uh, I think we're talking about our next trip in a couple years where we're going to do some hiking, maybe spend a day in Nashville. So I'm really excited for that. But um, we're a very close tribe. We talk every few days, whether it's just sharing funny video or meme or just catching up on life events if somebody has a bad day. or, But oftentimes it's just sharing inappropriate things, which is probably no surprise to any of you. But, you know, graduation reminded me how, how time just flies. And I know that's like this underlying message I feel like that I'm always talking about. And I think it's something I, I can never really wrap my head around. And, you know, last year I got to watch my daughter graduate high school. And I was thinking, you know, while I was down there, because my cousins graduated from the high school I actually went to. And I look back at, wow, it was 30 years ago. 
when I graduated. And, and it, it blows my mind to think it's that long, you know, 30 years. And, and don't get me wrong, that there are days it completely feels like it's been 30 years, and then there's days when it feels like yesterday. You know, there's times I remember being a 17-year-old knucklehead who thought he had it all figured out, but who was also scared to death, had no idea, you know, what the future held. And if I'm being honest, I could have never predicted the life I have had. And looking at it now, there's there's very little, if anything, I'd change. You know, and that's, and, and I mean that. You know, because none none of my life went by the script that I thought I had for myself. The irony is, I'm reading a script as I do this. I I, I was, you know, I I don't know back then, and I, a lot of it didn't come easy or even quickly. But you know, I look at it now, and, and Kai and I were outside, um, you know, in the pergola chilling with a fire before I came in here, and and I was just like, you know. Our, li- our life is great. And, and, and I say that modestly. I'm not, I don't mean that in a, a bragging sort of flex kind of way. I'm being appreciative, you know, to whatever, God, whoever, you know, whatever's responsible for the blessings in my life. You know, obviously a lot of it is built on hard work, determination, and a want to succeed and provide and have, you know, a life that I enjoy waking up to every day. But, you know, I, and I was telling that to my cousins, and I was like, you know, I, I honestly hope these kids get everything they want from life and, and more. And I really believe they will. They're great kids who have their heads on way better than I did at that age, probably way better than I did five years later than the age they are now. They're determined. You know, they're both destined for great things. And it's really, you know, it's cool to see... Um, you know, these kids become adults and be like, wow, you know, obviously there's the downside of it is like, hey, I'm old, but, uh, you know, it's it's an awesome opportunity to have family that you can be a part of their lives and share in these milestones and so on and so forth. So it was awesome to be there. You know, I wish I could have stayed longer. The weather was perfect, a little rainy, but it was cool. Not usually, you know, a lot of times we go down in the summer and it's like 150 degrees every day and the humidity is like ridiculous. We looked at a few properties while we were down there. I know we've been talking about moving south for a while. I honestly would have bought the VRBO we stayed at. It was it was a great house, a nice, quiet area. Uh, I think Kai's kind of set on building her barn dominium. You know, but personally, I, I would love to be back home. I think, you know, it's one of those things where I don't want to force it. I think the cards just kind of have to fall where they may, which is such a... 180 from who I was, I think, all my life. You know, I came here on a whim. I, you know, everywhere I went was always just like, hey, man, I'm just going to jump out there and and do it. And now I'm like almost to the point, I think, at times overthinking it. But maybe that's what you do as you get older. Maybe it's called maturity, wisdom. I don't know. But I'll be honest, you know, Wisconsin has been very good to me uh, other than winter. And, and I, like I said, I don't even mind the winter so much, you know, but home is home. And I think, you know, every time I go back home, I realize that, 
and it's it is crazy. Like I said, when I was younger, I spent my whole life as a young person just trying to get out of there, and then as I became adult, I feel like I spent my whole life trying to get back. So remember, be careful what you wish for. Somebody once said, uh, I believe it was Oscar Wilde, but I could be wrong, that there's two tragedies in life. And it, one is getting your heart's desire, and the other is not getting it. So, you know, take that for what it's worth. But, a, you know, a huge plus with living in Tennessee would be, obviously, would be closer to the beach. I think it's only like a six- or seven-hour drive to Panama City or, you know, somewhere in the Panhandle area. And then, you know, a trip to the Smoky Mountains in Gatlinburg kind of becomes a weekend trip because it's only like three hours as opposed to, you know, when we do it from here, it's six or seven, requires planning. But um, we'll continue to see where this goes, and I'll keep you guys updated as always. But, you know, my goal is at some point, if that's what the universe wants and allows, that I will be back home. Who knows? I don't really have a time frame, I guess, before I die. You know, and that, that almost sounds grim and morbid, but that's what I mean. Coming to you on a Sunday night, obviously, uh, it's... Memorial Day weekend, not going to lie, I was, had every intention of doing this last night, worked in the yard a lot, uh, the weeding, we had neglected it, and I think there's just been so much to do, which, you know, it's funny, as you get older, there's always something to do, and uh, it's Memorial Day weekend, obviously, so, you know, th there's an extra day in there, so I was able to do this tonight. And, you know, Memorial Day weekend, cookouts, hanging out with your friends and family. But there's, I think there's also a deeper sentiment to Memorial Obviously, there is a deeper sentiment to Memorial Day. Uh, Memorial Day is when we honor the sacrifice made by all the men and women who served, notice only two genders there, and gave all. Those who laid down their lives so that we could enjoy everything we've done this weekend or will do. The fact that I can speak freely on these airwaves and say whatever I want about whoever I want, whenever I want, um, you know, that came with it. That comes with a heavy price. And I think, you know, it, it's important to appreciate the ones who didn't make it back and laid down their lives so that we could all sleep peacefully tonight and enjoy the many freedoms that I think we often take for granted. You know, interesting enough. Did you know that Memorial Day was originally started as a decoration day where loved ones would decorate and lay flowers on the graves and markers of their family and friends and such? Uh, decoration Day only recognized fallen soldiers of the Civil War until World War I. Memorial Day was actually not an official holiday until 1968, and Memorial Day is also one of the few days where flags are ordered to fly half-staff and then return to full-staff. Oops. Um, a year or so or two years ago, I attended a Memorial Day service at a military cemetery. I, I believe I talked about it on a previous podcast. And it, it was quite an experience. I think it's something everyone should do at least once. You know, even though I believe we owe these men and women so much more. And it doesn't matter what the TV tells you or what the fat, purple-haired, furry, protesting person says. The United States is the best country in the history of this planet. Period. End of sentence. 
shut up. It's not a it's not a debate. It's not a discussion. You know, are, are we perfect? Nah. You know, and there's that's very evident today and also in our history. I mean, since day one, though, this land our forefathers founded and fought for has strived to be something better, something that outshines the rest of the world. And, you know, and often we do. But lately, I don't think that's the case. We have been a country so divided, a country that has gone so far away from the original principles it was founded on. We let ourselves become a country where stupidity and mental illness are glorified and even praised. A country where we push God away and try to usher in immorality at every corner. A place where our neighborhood or our neighbor is practically an enemy. A country where we don't think for ourselves. A country where often the greater good is scoffed at and people who hate this country and its rich history want to rewrite that history and throw away all the good things about America with the bad. We're a country where everyone would rather be a victim than a victor, where success is demonized. We used to be a country of great people and amazing visions, a country that built amazing cities, monuments, parks, made incredible technological advances. And now... We've become a country that doesn't know what bathroom to use. A country full of people who think words are violence. A country that's okay with sexualizing children and killing the unborn children in the name of health care. We're a country full of people who have their hands out and don't want to do the work. A country of entitlement a country that rejects law and order. We glorify the Kardashians. We glorify people based on their identity politics. We celebrate and heap praise on people for what they are, not who they are. We literally did the exact opposite of what Dr. Martin Luther King said not to, not to do, that we should judge people by their character. And we kind of pissed all over his dream. You know, and we're a country that where when people disagree, we burn cities, we loot businesses, we hurl insults, we call everyone a racist, a bigot, this kind of phobe, that kind of phobe. We have become such a weakened society, we rely on big pharma, pronouns, and eliminating words to make us feel better. We went from gender equality between men and women to a thousand made-up genders and virtually trying to erase women in general. And on top of that, corporate America is sold on trying to erode the fabric of our country too. Look at Bud Light. They're still paying dearly for what probably would have been the worst marketing ploy in all of history until Target said, hold my beer. And Target thought making pride and trans clothing for babies and children was a brilliant move. Yet, these people will tell you they're not groomers. They just want to expose your kids to immoral behaviors. 
Yeah. Target execs actually had an emergency meeting last week to try and rectify the massive backlash of promoting all this nonsense to kids. And we're talking to kids, not promoting pride. And I, and I think it's important to separate pride from this whole trans sanity. Um, and, you know, they were offering women's swimsuits that had a pouch and instructions on how to tuck your dick. Like, come on. If that's not a sign of the times, I don't I don't know what is. We're literally living in idiocracy. And if you haven't seen that movie, check it out. I, I, I don't know what to make of it most days. You know, and I would love to hear the explanation of why these items were marketed specifically at children. A logical, transparent conversation where truths were shared. Let's be real, it's never going to happen. I mean, straight people don't dress their kids in shirts that say, I love straight sex, or being normal is awesome. And I mean, besides this whole thing being a cash grab that backfired, it's just wrong. You know, it's not about representation or equality or anything. It's simply bad taste. And finally, I think we, the people, have had enough of all this shit being thrown in our faces and shoved down our throats. My biggest takeaway from it were people that aren't generally the chirpers. You know, I make a lot of noise, uh, but I have a lot of friends that don't say, you know, that may have a lot of the similar opinions I have, but they don't say anything that really this fired them up. They came out and they're like, uh uh-uh, uh, enough, no more Target, we're done, you know. It, that's too much, you've crossed the line, and whatever. You know, and, and like I've said, you want to live your life, live your life how you want, go for it. Leave kids out of it. Mental illness among kids and the youth, it's out of control as it is currently, without throwing all this nonsense at kids as well. You know, they, they already see it on TV and film, music, social media, and I think... Oftentimes, I'm just like, for Christ's sake, let's just let people have some form of normal society. You know, and I think a lot of it, and I could probably at some point I'm going to have to devote a whole episode to this, is social media is honestly what really started to tear the fabric of our country apart on so many different levels. You know, and it's, what you know, for the longest time, I thought of social media as the thing that ruined and took away moments that I thought were last conversations with people I was never going to see again till now I know what that person had for breakfast Tuesday. And I I don't think we need social media. I don't think it contributes anything positive. But we're all guilty of it and we're all using it. We're all going to continue to use it. But yeah, that's, that's my thought there. You know... But uh, bourbon tonight is Russell's Reserve Kentucky Straight Bourbon Whiskey. Age 10 years old, 90 proof. Um, I'm in a bourbon group on Facebook, and somebody had posted about this and said, you know, as far as an under $50 bottle, which I don't think I paid anything close. I think this was like a $30 bottle here, but obviously prices vary depending on where you are. 
And this is good stuff. It's you know it's not my the E. H. Taylor small batch, obviously my favorite, but this is a very good bourbon. Uh, I'm glad I popped this tonight. But um, you don't hear the ice anymore. Like I said, I've realized that drinking it neat is way better. I enjoy it way more. Maybe it's nerdy. Maybe it's whatever. But uh, it's good shit. Anyways, um, so Wednesday night, amid some technical difficulties, Florida Governor Ron Daddy DeSantis announced his candidacy for the 2024 presidential election. Uh, DeSantis was on the Twitter live forum with Twitter owner Elon Musk. Imagine that ticket, DeSantis Musk, 2024. Unfortunately, Musk, who was born in South Africa, is not able to run, obviously. The announcement ended the speculation on whether the Florida governor would challenge Donald Trump for the 2024 nomination. Obviously, after the announcement, Trump immediately went on the offensive with ads, mocking the tech difficulties, and challenging whether DeSantis is the person to get the nomination. My take, unpopular as it may be with some of my diehard conservative friends, is Trump needs to step aside. I think the Trump time has come and went. I think... The writing is on the wall of that, and, you know, he can't win. He just, he. I'm telling you right now, he can't win. There's no, as bad as, if he couldn't win in 2020, he can't win in 2024. I promise you. They will not let him win. They just won't. And I'm not saying they're pulling for DeSantis, but, you know, and I look at it like this, that if Trump's intentions are truly to make America great again, then support DeSantis. Read the room and understand that we need a new face of the Republican Party. You know, Trump is a very polarizing figure. And not to say DeSantis isn't. Uh, some might even argue DeSantis is just a more polished Trump who stands for all the same things. Um, you know, I would obviously say DeSantis is way more articulate. Obviously, he has an excellent track record of success in Florida on everything from job growth, his economy, to how he managed the COVID scam, and how he has managed to consistently defeat the woke idiots trying to take over everywhere. They're, they're losing badly in Florida. Wokeness is being run out of Florida quicker than people are fleeing California, Illinois, and New York. I, I worry, though, that him leaving Florida could potentially put that state back to the Democrats, but what do I know? But I also think the biggest challenge DeSantis has is he's going to have to show himself to be different than Trump on some levels, though. Because if Ron DeSantis is just Trump and all the same policy with better behavior, a lot of people will say, well, then just vote for Trump. We've already seen what he can do, and he had a track record of success, and the country was, on a, was doing well. So DeSantis has the challenge of offering something different, but still capturing the party and its electorate the way Trump has. Trump has endeared himself like no other politician in history to the working class people, to the backbone of this country, to people who are just fed up with bureaucracy and shady politics. While DeSantis is that same guy as well, Trump kind of took that baton and, and led that march. So, 
you know, the tough part is uh, everything you've done is kind of built on the foundation somebody else laid, and it's kind of like, I don't know, you know, he just has to find a way to sway people throughout the primaries, you know, and then eventually DeSantis will have to debate Trump and manage to survive the onslaught that is opposing Donald Trump, you know, but while still being on the same page. So you're going to have somebody coming at you, even though most of your policy and a lot of your stances are very similar, you know, it's, it's, it's all going to be personal stuff. And I think that's where Trump could soil the whole thing uh, by letting ego get in the way of, you know, playing the big picture, you know, playing the long game. You know, and I and I think the crazy part is DeSantis is probably the best candidate who's going to have the hardest campaign in history. On paper, in reality, he's 100% the guy to lead the party in the country. There's no ands, ifs, or buts, no doubt in my mind. But that's not the political reality anymore. Now, while he has surged and benefited from what Trump has brought to politics... He kind of now has to, like I was saying, beat the master at the game he created. But DeSantis has my vote. Uh, you know, I was very glad to see him run. I'm sure there's people. I, I think he can still stay governor. I don't think he has to relinquish his governorship. I think there's something in Florida. I could be wrong. But, um, you know, like everything else in life, we just kind of see how this plays out. And... Uh, Hope for the best, you know, 2024 uh, is going to be here before we know it. And I think it's going to be a make or break year for this country. And it's, it's scary, you know, when you look at it, how I don't think we could do four more years of what we've been going through. Also on Wednesday, the music industry and the world lost an icon as Tina Turner passed away at the age of 83. Turner, often dubbed the Queen of Rock and Roll, died at her home in uh, near Zurich, Switzerland. Uh, you know, over the past few years, she'd actually battled several illnesses from uh, colon cancer, intestinal cancer, kidney failure, as well as suffering a few strokes. Uh, she actually underwent a kidney transplant in 2017, I believe. Her publicist just had kind of said she died after battling a long illness. Originally born Anna Mae Bullock in Brownsville, Tennessee, she rose to fame as the lead singer for the Ike and Tina Turner Review. Her tumultuous marriage to the abusive, very physically abusive Ike Turner is well noted and documented in her biography. And if you don't know the whole story of this, like the woman went through hell. Um, her autobiography was called I, Tina. The film based on the book, What's Love Got to Do With It, starring Angela Bassett as Tina Turner. Great film. I mean, it's, it's you know, you get the full picture and it's like, damn. At the age of 44, in 1984, Turner divorced free of Ike Turner, uh, pretty much surrendering everything, all the royalties and money she had made with him launched one of, if not the greatest comeback in rock and roll history when she released her solo album, Private Dancer. The multi-platinum album, which I think sold, I don't know, almost 20 million copies, contained her signature song, What's Love Got to Do With It. 
you know, it would be number one on the Billboard charts and also making her the oldest artist at the time to have a number one. The album would also feature the hits Better Be Good to Me, Private Dancer, and would win a Grammy for Best Album in 1984. Turner won a total of 12 Grammys throughout her illustrious career. She sold over 100 million albums worldwide. She has a star on the Hollywood Walk of Fame, was inducted into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame in 1981, and Rolling Stone magazine listed her as one of the 100 most influential artists of all time. Turner has a catalog of hits any artist would covet, from songs I already listed to Proud Mary, We Don't Need Another Hero, Simply the Best, Typical Male, as well as collaborations with several artists from Mick Jagger, Brian Adams, Eric Clapton, and she was also a part of the We We Are the World recording in 1986. In January of 1988, in Rio de Janeiro, Turner performed in front of 800, or I'm sorry, 180,000 people at Marcana Stadium, setting a Guinness World Record for largest paying concert attendance by a solo artist. That's a mouthful. Turner was revered respected and praised by everyone known for her she was known for her swagger her sensuality gravelly voice her high energy performance and tina turner is something we likely will not see again i think beyonce's tried to imitate that a lot you know tina turner also ventured into films she was in the who's rock opera tommy's she was in mad max beyond thunderdome uh, you know as well as a couple other films she actually uh, became a citizen of Switzerland. She had renounced her citizenship to the United States, simply saying that there was nothing left for her here and she had no strong ties. She ha- you know, So she spent most of her life after that living in Europe. You know, The small girl from Brownsville, Tennessee, who rose from nothing, survived the horrors of domestic abuse and became the queen of rock and roll. She will be mourned by fellow artists, fans, my father, who is a huge Tina Turner fan, and anyone who heard her sing or saw her perform. She may be gone, but her legacy will live on forever, as music truly never dies. So rest in peace, Anime Bullock, our beloved Tina Turner. That's all I got this week, guys. Um, like I said, stay tuned uh, for dates on Bourbon Sessions Volume 4. And I'll be back next week. Thanks for tuning in. I hope everyone has a happy and safe Memorial Day.